0: Spirit pour out and flood this city. Heaven come down and chase.
1: Not with flesh and powers and principalities, and we can always know the marks of his every intention, his every assignment, and his every tactic, because there are always traces of deception. Now remember what Shekinah laid out last week. We find ourselves in a battle, so we have an enemy. Our enemy is not people. Not a single person on this earth is your enemy, You are being told that someone is. It does not matter what you believe or what station you watch or the things that you listen to on AM radio from any side or what podcast you choose. You don't have an enemy who is made of flesh and blood. Are we acting like it's wartime or peacetime? What pieces of armor are you missing that's critical that are leaving you in mortal danger? Understanding Paul's analogy is critical for us because we find ourselves in dangerous times. When everyone on the left and everyone on the right and everyone in between is prone to do what is right in their own eyes, over and above the truth, you know you're in danger. Tonight, I want to say to you tonight that if you live in the United States of America, which I think is almost all of us, you might be missing the belt of truth. You might... Like, not because you chose to, but because by cultural shaping, and it does not matter if you grew up in the church or not. It does not matter if you are a Bible-believing Christian or not. We're going to talk about that in a second. You might have left the belt of truth behind. And it's important we understand that when Paul says the belt of truth, he isn't talking about the Bible. That is another thing on the list. The, The sword... That we're going to do in a couple of weeks. That's the word of God. The belt of truth is something else. If Paul wanted the belt of truth to be the Bible. He would have said so. He would have made that the piece of armor he was talking about. But he chose something different. Paul very carefully chooses this analogy. And he could have used another piece of armor to represent truth. What he is speaking about is the absolute truth of Jesus, the absolute truth of the gospel, and who's behind everything that is good in the world. He chose a belt to represent this, and we're going to talk about what that means and why. Come on up. You just volunteered. Congratulations. Can you go to the slide of uh, the, the actual armor? Okay. Actually, hold on. Let me think through this. What, what order do I want things? You just stand there for a second. <laughs> just stand there. Go, go to the last slide. Sorry about that, Sarah. So there, there are three things that, that Paul's doing with this the analogy for the belt. So the belt, which we're going to look at in just a second, it protects the most vulnerable place on your body, which is going to be your gut and your loins. It is the, it's like some of the most tender flesh that you have. It's also the fastest to bleed you out. It's going to be the thing that holds the sword. And it keeps the robes and the other pieces of armor together, so that you're free to fight. So, here we go. If we can go to that next slide, so here we have a, a like a, a, a rendition of what Paul is using. It's Roman armor. So it's not it's not Greek armor from a thousand years before that. It's not Persian armor. It's not colonial armor. It isn't Revolutionary War armor. It is Roman armor that he's talking about. So here we are. Can you can you let everyone know what your name is? My name is Tyler. Good to meet you, Tyler. Well, I mean I've met you, but you know. (laughs) On behalf of the congregation, good to meet you, Tyler. And so what did it? The the belt right here is the first piece of armor that goes on. So you've got the robe, and then you've got the belt, which is going to be very thick and about yay long, and it's going to go right here. And what you can't see underneath that, which is good, is that there's actually some protective straps that are happening under the robe that are going to fasten to the belt, and it's called a cuirass. And the reason for that is that, I don't know if you knew this, but there are some things that are very delicate and important that you have that need protection. And, 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 your, and actually like the, the thighs, right, which I'm not going to touch, but like in this general area, if, it, if a very sharp blade were to touch that and it hits the wrong vein, you're done. And so there, there's some protective pieces there. They're going to attach to the belt right there. The breastplate is going to be here and it is going to go over top of that buckle by a little bit and then it's going to fasten and it's going to clip on. And all of the flowing robes that happen here are going to be gathered in the back so that everything is tight because there's nothing more annoying than trying to swing a sword and you get caught up in your robe. That literally could be the difference between life and death. So what Paul is doing with this analogy is very specific. He, like, he is trying to point out something. He could have chosen a different piece of armor. He chose the belt. All right, let's give Tyler a big hand. So that's the analogy that Paul is is drawing. The belt protects the most vulnerable place in your body. It's going to hold the sword for which you go into battle. And it keeps the robes and other pieces of armors together so you're free to fight. So let's pause that. Let's just put a pin in that for one second. We're going to take a sharp left-hand turn. One question that we've already answered is how do we define truth? So the way that a Christian is going to define truth is truth is God's opinion on reality or facts. And that's it. That, that, that is what it should... The, the, the second question that's a really big one is this, though. How do we find truth? How do we find what God's opinion is? How, how do we do that? Because that's actually... It's, it's one thing to be like, I mean, God's truth, and like, there you go. It's like, well, that's... Uh, there's a lot of things in between. Like, how do we actually find what is true, and what is not? Conviction and opinion, and cultural bias and experience, and all these other things. And for thousands of years, there has actually been an answer to find how to find truth. And it's where we started it's the Holy Spirit in you, it's God's Word, it's God's people, because we all have blind spots, and it's God's history. Meaning that we all have cultural biases and historical biases. For thousands of years, we're not the only ones who have been asking this question. And this is the fascinating thing. Believe it or not, there has been a consensus answer for a very, very, very long time around what Christians believe absolute truth is. And here's the thing. There isn't much of it. It actually has has a, a name. It's called the Apostles' Creed. When we talk about absolute truth, at the end of the day, for 1,700 years, there has been very little, very little that Christians agree on. And when I say very little, I mean like next to nothing. Like, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, we, are, we are in the midst of a denomination. I've got to stay on my notes. We're in the midst of a denominational search. There are 30,000 different denominations. Do you know why? Because... There are people who have been like, no, that's absolute truth. But the Apostles' Creed says that that is an absolute truth. Well, it doesn't matter. I think that it is. And so we're going to become our own denomination. I'm gonna, I wish I hadn't done that. We're going we're gonna. to... And, so, and, and, and this, is, this is... When we talk about what is it that Christians believe, what is absolute truth? This is what Christians believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church. That word Catholic means universal, meaning there aren't many bodies of Christ. There is a single body of Christ. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Putting on the belt of truth is saying I have tasted and seen that God is good and that that is true. That, that is what it means. Like the Bible has its own piece of armor. We're going to get to it. The belt of truth is saying what is absolute truth that if, if you disagree about that, it might be we're having a conversation about like, do you want to be a Christian? Not not like we're kicking you out, but like, do you want to be in? Because this is for thousands of years what people have said, at its barest essentials, this is the good news. So let's go back to Paul's analogy. The belt of truth protects my most vulnerable places. What happens if I don't put it on? What is Paul's point? Let's think about the Apostles' Creed. If I don't put on the belt of truth, And this belt is protecting my most vulnerable places. Suddenly, I don't know who I am. I don't know why I exist. I find myself anxious and worried. And like the the greatest fear that any human has is the fear of death. And suddenly, that could consume me. I don't know if I'm loved. I don't know if I'm cared for. I don't know if I have significance. I might buy into the lie because the traces of the enemy all revolve around deception, that I have to earn love. And that people will only value me based on what I produce. If the belt of truth is gone, my life force as a human is going to bleed out. I'm going to do what is right in my own eyes, and who knows where that's going to leave me. I know where it led me. You aren't me. I know where Jesus found me. I don't want to go back. Not because I'm scared of where I'm gonna go when I'm dying. I don't want to go back because it was awful. The belt of truth holds the sword, which is the word of God. What happens if I don't put it on? What is Paul's point? Let's not make this more complicated than it is. I lose my sword. Like this, the belt has the hook that holds the sword. If I leave the belt, I'm probably going to forget the sword. Suddenly I have gone into battle and I have nothing in my hands that, I, that can do any damage. When I leave truth by the wayside, this is what Paul is saying, I'm walking in a certain defeat. When truth is optional, I'm done. We're going to talk more in the weeks to come about about the word of God specifically that has its own week because it's its own piece of armor. And then finally, the belt of truth holds everything together so I'm free to fight. What happens if I don't put it on? What's Paul's point? It's this, without truth, I can't be free there will always be something that's grabbing at me. And, and just candidly, usually it's your own sin. So this is what we're going to do. I, I just want to close with a few random points. I'm going to throw some stuff at the wall. Um, and I, I want to continue to maybe connect some dots on this, this idea of truth and the, the belt of truth. So Jesus calls himself the truth. And he says he also came to set people free. So truth is meant to set people free. I'll say that again. Truth is meant to set people free. How's it going setting people free when you drop truth bombs in their lap and walk away and being like, it feels good to be right? Is that helping people know Jesus or is it hindering them? Do you care more about other people and yourself being free or do you care more about being right? What's the first step of the enemy? He wants you to confuse truth with being right. If you, can't, if you find yourself having a difficult time controlling your impulses around what you put online, on Facebook, or on conversations with people that you disagree with, I just want to underline the fact this is the enemy's attempt at getting you to shift your view on truth, even though you think you're fighting for it. That doesn't mean you can't disagree. It doesn't mean that you can't do that civilly. You can. But it also means you need to let the bringer of truth, Jesus, shine the darkness, the light on the darkness in your own heart. There are very few, another thing, there are very few things that Christians, that even Christians agree on, Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not confuse your convictions with truth. Now, let me say this. You still should have convictions. You should believe things passionately. We are instructed to have convictions around theology and doctrine and biblical teaching. C.S. Lewis says this, though. I am certain that 80% of what I believe is right. The problem is I don't know which 20% is wrong. <laughs> For almost 1,700 years, it has been the essentials of the Apostles' creeds that Christians have agreed on, and then they went in unbelievably different directions. Do you know how things like the Spanish Inquisition happen? It's when Christians decide that one person has a conviction about one thing, and it's worth killing over when I think something is different. Do you know how we have thirty thousand different denominations? When we say being a Christian includes having my conviction, when you add absolute truth to what are actually convictions you hold, or even Eastern Fellowship holds, things that are doing violence to the gospel. They're doing violence to the gospel. There's a story in the New Testament of a man who's blind and he meets Jesus and Jesus heals him. The man is brought before a group of religious leaders and they are interrogating him straight up and down. And at the end of the day, he's like, guys, I don't know what to tell you. I was blind and now I can see. Friends, we have a simple gospel there is only so much that we know. There is a reason that Paul's like, I could have tried to argue with you. I could have tried to do all these different things. I could have tried to persuade you. I could have tried to shame you. I could have tried to do this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, this is what I did. I proclaimed Christ crucified and resurrected, and you saw the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, we actually, Christians, agree on a very small number of things But I've got to be honest with you. We believe that someone was raised from the dead. And that person is God. And we're going to live with him forever. That's kind of nutty. Yeah? Like, that we agree on that separates us. And like the whole of the way everyone else thinks reality functions. That's enough to disagree on. It doesn't, again, mean that we shouldn't have conviction but let's not make those convictions gospel you can believe differently and that doesn't make you a heretic i can feel the emails coming here this is my question and this is the question that cuz i'm just going to be honest i love being right talk to my sarah tuttle you did not have to laugh that loudly my goodness I, I, I love being right. Thank you, Aaron. I don't need the commentary. <laughs> the challenge for me is to recognize that that is step one of the enemy's plan. And the way that God wants to redeem that is for me, and I would say for us to embrace humility. This is what the gospel is. There might be some other things, but I'm not smart enough or spiritual enough because I'm not Jesus to add to that. I'm going to ask our band to come up. We're going to have a time of response that Aaron's going to lead us in. I know that we've, we've gone a bit longer today. I want to encourage you to continue to press in. So friends, brothers and sisters of Easton Fellowship, I invite you to put on the belt of truth. May you step into the light. May you know the real and living Jesus Christ who came to earth, who proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, who was crucified, who was dead and was buried, but was then resurrected to life and even now is fighting for you. He is interceding on your behalf right beside the Father. So I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to have a time of what what I hope, like, what, what I want to say is, like, if we believe that about the Apostles' Creed, if we say, I want to put on the belt of truth, that is exceptionally good news for us today. Because that means the one who fought for us, the one who claimed us, is going to be the one who, who brings us and resurrects us to life with him. So we're going to go into a time of worship and prayer. We're going to have some folks around the wall. But I really want this battle cry of truth, this idea of these, this essential, simple truth to sink in. Um, that it would be a seed that God waters and grows. And would we have the humility to see what it is that the enemy is doing. To see where it is that we want to participate with him. And would we actually ask for God's help.
0: Amen. Amen. Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior.
2: I'm so grateful that truth lies with you and not with us. I'm so grateful that truth lies with you and not with us because, God, you're never, ever changing. You remain the same. You are constant. You are steady. You are faithful. You are true, God. You are the living God. And no matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter what's in style, no matter what's out of style, you and your word stands forever heaven and earth are gonna pass away but your word stands forever your truth has stood forever and will continue to stand lord help us to rest on your truth on the truth of your word we recognize that you god are our father and our creator and that you sent your son jesus to save us from our sins he was born of a virgin he was was persecuted, he was crucified, he was buried, he descended into hell, and he ascended with all power in his hands, and not only that, you gave us that power to live out a life of holiness as your church, as the body of Christ, and God, we thank you that you're coming again. Thank you, Father. I'm so grateful that no matter what anybody else says, our God has the final say. Amen. No matter what anybody else says, our God has the final say. We're gonna sing that a little bit. We can pick ourselves up. All right. Final say Jehovah has the final say. I want to know who has the final say. Jehovah has the final say. And no matter what the doctor says, Jehovah has the final say. And no matter what the lawyer says, Jehovah has the final say. I want to know who has the final say. Jehovah has the final say. And no matter what my pockets say, Jehovah come on somebody. has the final say. And no matter what the world may say, Jehovah has the final say. He has
3: Glory to God. Amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Just just please, 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 please keep building in this series. Let's give God a thanks clap for Pastor Doug. And again, it takes courage. speak truth that direct and hard so i'm gonna give you permission all of your critical emails you can send them to me amen send them to me i will work with you to try to help you get through whatever you got to get through amen send them to me the other thing i want to say is you guys really have just experienced a miracle okay those people up there they should be like dead on their feet And they are worshiping God and leading us in worship with enthusiasm and grace. Would you clap your hands for these wonderful people. Thank y'all so, so, so much. Father God, I just, for whatever authority I have as lead pastor here, God, I just speak into this message today. It is so relevant to where we are living right now. Truth has to be what's God's opinion. Not what we want, not what we think, but what's God's opinion. And so Lord, we honor you. We thank you for a beautiful, practical message, tools we can apply in our day-to-day lives, tools we can use to be a witness in our world that is so void of truth. Help us as your people live into what we've heard today. It's great we heard it, but what would happen to even just our world if we lived what we just heard today? Lord, we thank you in advance for the rest of this series that as the people of God, we're going to be properly armored to live our lives in this day and time and wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. God bless you. Thank you so much. Have an amazing week, but also would you fold up your chair? We appreciate that. Thank you.